Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. Hey guys, Pastor Tim here. I'm here today with Dr. Gregory Haig, who is professor at Talbot Seminary and actually the former senior pastor of Mountainside Gospel Chapel. That's where we're standing. The chapel is actually about 200 years old, and it was at this time last year, Greg, that you and the congregation decided to gift the building, the chapel, its assets, and really the ministry over to Liquid Church to become the fourth campus, Liquid Mountainside. How did that come about? We, uh, for the last 20 years, have been uh, faithfully proclaiming the word, and yet we hadn't seen much growth, and so um, as a result, we were kind of spiraling in a wrong direction and we wanted to make a decision at the right time. And so it was uh, just a joy to uh, not only uh, pass the baton on to the next generation, but also uh, for many of us to join the next generation in reaching out in this area. Well, we are deeply grateful to you, Greg, and the entire Mountainside congregation. Now today, we're not gonna open the time capsule, but we are gonna take a sneak peek inside. So let's check it out. Now, Greg, over the years, you've conducted hundreds of worship services in this sanctuary, weddings, funerals, baptisms, the baptismals back there. Tell us, as you see it being renovated for the fall, what is your dream that'll take place in this space? Oh, my goodness. We are so excited about what we see going on here. This is the first time I've been in the building since uh, you began the renovation, and all the pews are gone. It's going to be opened up so much, and uh, our dream is to see uh, this place filled with people, and we know it's going to happen. So we're thrilled about the, uh, the opportunity. We're making space for your family and hopefully your family's friends. Invite your neighbors, your coworkers. This is gonna be a safe, comfortable environment where we're gonna lift up the name of Jesus Christ and proclaim the gospel. We hope you will come on a backstage tour of Liquid Mountainside this summer. And in fact, when you do, we're gonna give you a Sharpie because we want you to write a prayer or a verse on the beams here that are going up. We really believe that lives are gonna change in here. Greg, let me give you a Sharpie. Thank you. What are you gonna write? What am I gonna write? I'm gonna write uh, Galatians 2.20 and I'm gonna write Tom T. Well, Greg, we thank you for your godly legacy and your leadership and faithfulness to really serving Christ over these generations. We're excited about what's going to happen this fall. Can I ask you a question? You may. What are you and your wife, Linda, planning to do this fall? We're going to do as much as we possibly can in any way we can. Awesome. Well, we'd love to have you serve alongside of us. Yep. Got the (laughs) t-shirt. We're ready to go. And we hope you'll get a t-shirt too. Come alongside, sign up for a backstage tour this summer. We'll tell you how you can get involved in the exciting launch of Liquid Mountainside. All right, can we hear from Liquid Mountainside? Good times, exciting to see this finally, finally happen. Hey, very special welcome uh, to you to Liquid. I'm Pastor Tim. And actually, I think, I think Dr. Greg Haig and Linda, some Mountainside people here are sprinkled in. Can we hear it for them? We want to thank you, man. This is incredible. We thank you for your trust and your generosity. You've blessed our church in an incredible uh, way. We're, we're humbled to count them uh, among our, our friends and our family now. And uh, if you're just new to us, by the way, it was about a year ago 
that the most dramatic miracle in the history of our church took place. Uh, We had just celebrated our fifth anniversary when we were contacted by a 191-year-old church called Mountainside Gospel Chapel, and that's located in central New Jersey. It's a historic church, but had, uh, had declined some other previous decades, and incredibly, the remaining congregation, 29 people, uh, voted to donate their entire church, the property, the building, the assets to Liquid to become our fourth campus. Total, total God thing. If you're not familiar, Mountainside is located in the heart of Union County, right along the Route 22 corridor. And I think when God gives like a surprise gift in your life, he knows how to make it really, really special. Um, as God would have it, Liquid Mountainside is located smack dab in the middle of all three of our campuses. It is literally equal driving distance, 23 minutes from Morristown, New Brunswick, and Nutley. It's, um, it's right next to Westfield, Cranford, across the street from Scotch Plains. And it's pretty cool because for five years, our church has been 100% portable. And, but now God has blessed us with our first uh, permanent facility and central meeting space. We'll have a central location for our youth to meet. We'll have rehearsal space for our bands, training for volunteers. And now we actually have a church for weddings kind of fun, right? Couples are like, woo, all right. Um, And as you saw, renovations are underway. I toured it this past week. Uh, All new sanctuary, new kids space, classrooms, fresh carpet and paint, new bathrooms, the works. Um, And so since our permits came through, we've made uh, big progress. And here's the good news. We are on track to finally launch Liquid Mountainside this fall. That is very exciting news uh, to tell you about. And today, uh, today I'm going to tell you how you could sign up for a backstage tour of Mountainside or of your campus if you're new to Liquid and you aren't currently serving because we would love to have you involved in this thing that God's doing at our church. Um, last Friday, I was reminded why I love this church. And it's not because I'm, you know, the pastor or whatever. I, I do love this church. I would go here uh, even if I didn't, you know, work here. Um, I took my son Dell out for breakfast at our, our local diner and, and he loves it. He was off from school. So he's like, oh, you know, just, just Dell and daddy, no girls. You know, he loves it when it's no girls. And, uh, and so when we go to the diner, we don't sit in a booth. He likes to sit on the stools at the counter, you know? So we sit on the stools. We're like truckers and we order pancakes. And what always makes our, our trip special is that we run into Linda. Um, Linda is actually a waitress uh, at the diner. And oh, all right, Linda. Go, Linda. Where's Linda? Go, Linda. And, uh, and 18 months ago, she was not part of this church, okay? But somebody went to the diner and handed her card and invited her, and she came during our series baggage, and, and so su- suddenly Linda is not a, not a waitress. She's a, she's a guest of our church, and that was significant because Linda's mom uh, uh, left when she was 13 years old, and honestly, Linda kept coming, and she's like, I feel like this is family. I've never I've had God speak to me like this before alcoholism, addiction run in through her family. And so Linda, she's like, she's like, I wanted a fresh start, a new beginning. And so what she did is she joined a life group and she made several new friends. She started developing relationships and they began to encourage her. And she came Sunday after Sunday and she heard the good news of the gospel, that a fresh start with God is possible through faith in Jesus Christ. That's what the gospel is. The gospel is that God has dealt decisively with this sin issue in our lives once and for all. Instead of us dying, he sends Jesus to die in our place as a substitute, so we don't have guilt anymore. There's no guilt you don't have to live with for the rest of your life. There's grace from God, his love and his affection. And if you trust in Christ, God not only forgives your sin, he will fill you with his Holy Spirit, and you become a son of God, a daughter of God. And so Linda made the decision to put her trust in Jesus Christ for her salvation. She was baptized shortly thereafter. So from waitress to guest to friend, 
to sister in Christ. That's pretty cool, is it not? So on Friday, yeah, that's very, very cool. So on Friday, my son Dell and I sit down at, at the counter, and Linda comes right over, and we hug because she's a hugger, and I'm a hugger, and people are like, wow, the pancakes must be good here, you know? <laughs> Um, and Linda's telling me how she, how she ran into this guy that morning, a Christian businessman, who had come about 10 years earlier and always kind of witnessed to Linda, and she hadn't seen him in 10 years, and he was there that morning. And he was like, so how are you doing, Linda? And she says, great. I gave my life to Jesus. I got baptized. I serve at my church office. I help lead the greeting team. Do you want to come next Sunday? <laughs> and the guy's like, she's witnessing to me. It was incredible, and God's using her because she's a different woman, and, uh, and she's my sister in Christ. That's the coolest thing, and she is a key volunteer here on Sunday mornings uh, with our greeting team. She's one of the first faces that you see uh, in Morristown when you walk in, and that's great because she's got a great smile, and she's a hugger, uh, and so after we finish eating our pancakes, my son says to me, he turns to me, he says, that's pretty cool, Dad, and I said, what's cool? He said, it's cool that, uh, that Linda's in our family now. You know, she used to be a stranger, stranger danger. Uh, <laughs> But now she's family, right? I was like, yeah, that's exactly right, son. And isn't, that's exactly how church is supposed to be, isn't it? Where people from all walks of life, from all different histories and backgrounds and stories, they come together under the banner of Jesus Christ and strangers become spiritual family. My kids are going to grow up with that experience of church. That, that church in their minds is for everybody. <laughs> A few of their teachers actually attend our, our campuses. The family across the street now comes. Their pediatrician worships with us on Sunday. They don't always love that because it's like the doctor, but it made me so proud of, of, of all of you because there are literally hundreds of stories like Linda at every single one of our liquid campuses. I know because I keep track of them. I actually have a little binder that I have on my desk called Stories of Life Change. And basically, I, I fill this thing with emails that people send me, stories that they send. And, and I wish I could you know, share all these with you, but there are hundreds of emails, stories... Um, like this, here's one, Here, this boy in Nutley who doesn't have a father, but he comes every single Sunday with his grandma. And he looks, Liquid Kids has changed his life. He, the, it's the best hour of his week, and he comes every single Sunday. There's a family who, who volunteered for the first time. They served as a family at a Hurricane Sandy outreach, and they loved it so much that the mom and daughter are actually going to be leaders. They're volunteering at Camp Rock, and the dad is taking a week's summer vacation to volunteer with your kids. That's pretty cool. Um, we have all sorts of stuff that happened in uh, this past Easter. Here's a man in New Brunswick. He plays in a local band. His bandmate invited him to attend Easter services. So he comes with his girlfriend, and he was saved that Sunday. And now he's reading C.S. Lewis on his flights across the country. There is story after story of lives being changed by Christ Sunday after Sunday at every single campus. And that's why I love this church. Because it's a place that you could actually invite your friends, and no matter how skeptical they are, no matter if they're like, you know what, they got their defenses up, or they had a bad experience at church one time, they kind of checked out. Eventually, I believe, I believe, if each of us is playing our part, and we give God room to do his thing, I'm convinced that they're going to have an experience, a level of love and acceptance and grace that it's just a matter of time. <laughs> before they come to know Christ, and their lives are going to change. And then they're going to change and be part of impacting other people's lives. That's, that's the vision of our church. We're the body of Christ, and when the body is functioning properly, each part performing its role, there's this unity that's irresistible. 
So I'm just going to come right out and tell you my prayer for you this morning. Um, first, for those of you who already are currently serving on the front lines, if you're volunteering with kids, if you're leading a life group, if you're setting up a stage or rolling t-shirts or bullet, handing out bulletins, you have my deep, deep thanks. I thank God for you. Your, your life is making an impact for eternity. Heaven is more crowded because of you. My sister Linda's going to be there. But for those of you who aren't involved in serving or volunteering currently, can I just ask, what are you waiting for? <laughs> this is like the best thing in the world to be involved in. And, and I want to ask you today to consider moving from the sidelines to the front lines, because that's where the action is. That's where the fun is. And, and we need you. I, I really believe that God brought you to this church on purpose and for a purpose. You, you may not know what it is yet, all right? But, but I believe he's wired you in a certain way that's critical to the mission that he's given us to fulfill together. I say that with 100% confidence because that's how God's word describes it. So let's do this. Open God's word. Take your Bible and open to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's on page 799. And I want to show you something cool this morning. Because Corinthians is a letter written by the apostle Paul to a local church in the city of Corinth. This was in ancient Greece. It's about halfway between Athens and Sparta. And it was a melting pot. It was a seaport with all kinds of people pouring into it. They had Greeks and Jews, pagans, poor, rich and old, young and old. And Paul wanted to kind of pull back the curtain and illustrate the power of what happens when people come together to serve the cause of Christ. And he's going to repeat the same word over and over and over again. Can we say this one word together? The word is one. Ready? One. Watch how many times Paul uses the word one. Let's, let's say it out loud starting at verse 12. Ready? Here's what he says. He says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And in case you missed it, the emphasis is on one, okay? Oneness, unity among believers. In other words, he's like any church that grows naturally like a body does, it means there are all sorts of diverse people from different backgrounds. He's black, she's Asian, I'm white. She's a college grad. He's working class. I was born in New Jersey. He just moved here from out of state. And the Corinthian crowd was the same way. He's like, there was Jews, there's Gentiles, there's ethnic divides, there's financial divides, slave free, some rich poor. And Paul's like, good news, good news, everybody. Now that you've joined the church, you all have one thing in common, faith in Christ, one. On that essential truth, you now share oneness. Now here's the deal about oneness. Understand this. Oneness doesn't mean like an Obi-Wan oneness, like, like we all merge together and drink the Kool-Aid, all right? Oneness, it's, it's a oneness of mission, a oneness of purpose, a oneness of vision. It means everybody who's from all these different backgrounds are lined up around one thing, and that's to serve Christ and his body, the church. That's what the Bible calls a church. He calls it the body of Christ. And the idea is the church is supposed to work just like a human body does, right? Every part of your body has a different job. But everyone is essential. And Paul says, think of it this way. Look what he writes. Keep, keep going here. It says, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, 
I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. You see where he's going. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Now watch this. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, the church, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And then he says, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but say it together, one body. Now listen to me. You've got to get this. Oneness does not mean sameness. It's not like everybody has the same interests or you have the same abilities. Rather, oneness in the Bible means there's diversity without division. People aren't turf-oriented. They actually work together towards this common goal of serving their neighbors and leading people to Christ. Paul continues, he says, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weak are, what's the word? Indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be, say it, no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. It is a beautiful thing when the body acts like the body, doesn't it? When the church gets this one thing right, when there is radical diversity minus the division, when there's equal concern and compassion for all, that's the one factor you will find pervades any healthy church that is making a difference for Christ in this world. And it ain't easy. Let me tell you, it ain't easy, especially in a multi-site church. Those of you who are in business, maybe you lead a a company or you have a team at work or an organization, you know how challenging it can be, right, to get everybody on the same page. It's hard. It's like herding cats, all right? It does not come naturally. That's why God's like, you're going to need the Holy Spirit for this. (laughs) And let me tell you something. In a multi-site church like Liquid, in other words, we are one church with many locations. Let me tell you, oneness does not come natural to a multi-site church. You know why? Mo people, mo problems, okay? I'm serious about parents. You know how this is. Those of you with multiple kids, how many have multiple kids, right? You go from one to two, and it's like, it's not just double. It's like, it's exponential. So, you know, you go to move to man-to-man defense, right? You take that one. I got this one. Then you have your third or your fourth, and then it's like zone to zone. Like, how do we do this? And then they start comparing and complaining. You know, why does she get to have a play date? And I don't. He got a lollipop, but I didn't get one. She got a bigger cake than me. And then, listen, when our church family birthed our second campus, we moved from one campus to two, suddenly there's this natural tendency to compare, right? Now there's three. Now there's soon to be four. Well, well, that one meets in a hotel, but we meet in a school, and they're getting a building. Let me tell you something. Without the Holy Spirit, it would be very easy to fall into the trap of competition and comparison, Multi-site does not make things easier. It just multiplies problems. But we do it because we're one family, and that's what family does. And we're committed to being a multi-site church for a very, very simple reason, one simple reason. We just want to make it easier for you to invite the Linda in your life, your friends, your neighbors, to meet Jesus. Because people will visit a church once if it's a drive 30 minutes, but they'll stay and listen if it's right next door. And when they witness this one thing, this oneness, lives change for Christ. It is our secret weapon. 
Think about this. Think about this. Ready? Big idea. Just going to think about this. The closest anyone on earth will ever get to being in the physical presence of Jesus is when they are in a church, a local church, that is functioning like the body of Christ. That's, that's why many of you believe, isn't it? You, 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 you met a member of this church who was doing his or her part, and there was something authentic about them. And when you took the risk actually to check it out, you were surprised because it wasn't weird. <laughs> and it wasn't this random collection of people just kind of singing songs for, you know, 15 minutes, and then they just scatter the four winds. You're like, that's weird. Everybody was like on mission. It was genuine. It was like loving. It was real. They enjoyed each other. And they were about something bigger than themselves. And that's what scripture's saying. The closest anyone will get on this earth to being in the presence of Jesus is when they meet a church that's functioning like the one body of Christ. Who's familiar with the phrase e pluribus unum? You guys know this one? You should be. It's on the seal of the United States of America or a quarter in your pocket. If you take out a quarter right now, you can look at it. You'll see it. It's on the back. It is Latin for, does anybody know? Yeah, from many, one. That's what the phrase is. And what it means is when our founders founded a country, they said out of many states or colonies, this one nation is going to emerge. It's going to be called the United States of America from many one. Now, here's the interesting part. History buffs, you're going to geek out at this, all right? The first coin that was struck with the phrase e pluribus unum, do you know where it was minted? In New Jersey. Anybody know where? In the city of Morristown in 1787. You can actually view this commemorative seal on the green today. That's where this picture comes from. That sense of oneness was critical to our nation's birth. At the signing of the Declaration of Independence, Benjamin Franklin said, we must all hang together or we will hang (laughs) separately. And I think it's very fitting that this phrase was coined in Morristown because that's a good motto for our multi-site church. From many campuses, one church. Our Liquid's first campus birthed in Morristown, but then we struck out to New Brunswick, Nutley, and Mountainside next. From many campuses, one church, e pluribus unum. In fact, did you know this? This is the one thing that Jesus prayed for, for you. For the, a specific prayer, before he died for your sins, he had one prayer for the future church in John 17. As he's about his, to complete this mission, I'm going to die for the sins of humanity. Jesus, this is what he did. He prayed for his disciples, the guys who were there. And then he said, I pray for everybody else who believes because of them. Future believers, you down through the generations. And you know what Jesus prayed? Listen to these words. This is his prayer. He said, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be what? One, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them, you in me, so that they may be brought to complete what? Unity. There's this word again. In other words, Jesus' final prayer on earth for you and for me is that we would be so aligned in mission, so committed to leveraging our different gifts for a common cause. That was Jesus' prayer, that we'd reflect this oneness shared by the Father and Son who are actually on mission to save this world, that when people see us, they would actually see God's essential character, oneness, unity. And what's the result? This is, this is crazy. Jesus is like, when the church gets this one thing right, do you know what's going to happen? Listen to what Jesus says. He says, this is what's going to be the result. 
then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. In other words, people are going to believe in me because of you. Because of what they see in you, they're going to actually believe I was sent by the Father to be the Savior of the world and that I love them as much as the Father loved me. Think about this. Oneness is the greatest evidence for the truth of Christianity, for the love of God that the world has ever seen. That's why Jesus prayed for it. Now, he's, he, he, think, that's, that's amazing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it that way. That would not be my pick. <laughs> if I come back, I'm raised from the dead, I'm coming back. First off, I'm coming back with an ugly stick. <laughs> Getting a little revenge first. This is the Tim Lucas gospel. Uh, and then I'm bringing a scepter and everybody's going to bow down. And he said, no, no, it's not going to work that way. It's going to be through these broken people. My love's going to flow through them. And when people see how broken people come together and they're aligned around this one purpose, loving each other in the world, they're going to actually see that my love is real. So church, get this one thing right. One thing. And people will believe. People like Linda. They will cease to experience something different. Waitresses at diners. There are going to be guys in bands. There's going to be friends from the gym who they are going to have their destinies changed forever. But now listen. The reverse is also true. Jesus is like, you screw this one thing up and you're going to drive people away. We've all seen this. Churches that are divided, where there are factions, where there are agendas, where there are power grabs. We've all been that, where everybody's doing their own thing, where 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And some are spectators, just kind of sitting there watching, judging, <laughs> right? You know what? People outside the faith, they look at that, they take one look, they're like, no, thank you. As Sheldon Vonnegut famously said, he said, the best argument for Christianity is Christians. Their joy, their certainty, their completeness. When they're on one mission together, man, it's a powerful apologetic. People see Jesus, but watch. The strongest argument against Christianity is also Christians. When they are somber and joyless, when they are self-righteous and smug in complacent consecration. Woof. In other words, when they come to church, fold their arms and sit and soak. Sit on the sidelines, kind of content, to let everybody else kind of do the heavy lifting. I just kind of check my, you know, punch my card and go through the motions. So it's a church that says, um, hey, great news, everybody. We got new people coming to our church. We need help caring for the babies in the nursery this morning. And and guy, guy goes, well, I wish I could help, but I'm the hands. My hands are tied, man. I can't, I'm the hands in the body. I don't really, dirty diaper. Uh-uh. I'm the eyes. I don't even see it. I can't even like, I can't, you're the nose. You have the gift of smelling. Okay. You change the diaper, right? It's like, we, we, we kind of like assume that that's good church gone bad. There's no division of labor. There's just division and dissension and ain't no one going, including me. Let me tell you a secret about the state of the church. You ready for this? Ready? Do you know why most people don't go to church today? Because they've been to one. (laughs) They have had a bad experience and they conclude this is just a religious country club and they don't come back. Because they see the lack of engagement, the lack of authentic love, and they conclude, you know what, this is no different than anything else. I see more unity on my softball team. But let me tell you something. When a church gets this right, there is something powerful about it. People want to be a part of it. That's what's happening at Liquid right now. This past week, it was such a blessing. We had a half dozen interns 
college grads, some of, the, some of them just adults, report for duty this summer. These were young adults who said, you know what, sign me up, no pay, no food. I just want to serve somewhere here and be part of what God's doing. That's powerful. They want to be a part of this. And when people see that sacrifice, guess what? Non-Christians say there's something in, in the air there. People who are skeptical at first, and you invite them, they go, liquid, oh, I don't know, what is that, a cult? Oh. They come and they see people actually enjoying each other, actually having fun, actually giving their lives to something bigger than themselves. And you know what happens? Their hearts begin to soften. That's some of your story. You're like Linda. Some of you are like Linda. I get this. I get right now. You know that. You weren't a church person 18 months ago. But what happened? Somebody invited you. And then somebody took care of your kids. And then somebody put a pen on your seat. <laughs> and the teaching was relevant and it made a difference in your life. And somewhere along the line, you just started believing. You're like, I, I knew this was true. I knew it. I knew there was more. Those of you who volunteer, you do this so well. Backstage. When I take a tour of our church at each campus, what I see happen behind the scenes is deeply humbling because I see volunteers like Patrick and Jenny Paulin. Patrick and Jenny, um, they recently just moved to New Jersey. They, they've got three young boys. Patrick works in the city, long hours. He travels a lot. They got all sorts of reasons to sit and soak and just attend, but they don't. You know what they do on Sundays? They roll up their sleeves and bring three kids of their own and sacrifice their time to serve your kids. We have how many kids? Three kids. Three kids. Luke's seven, Wyatt's five, and Grace is two. Jenny stays at home with the kids. I travel into Midtown every day. Um, I work for a litigation consulting company. It was around a uh, 40-day Bible challenge. I think, what was it, February or March? So the kind of the call went out, you know, all hands on deck. We knew the kids were, were getting the benefit of it. We were three kids dropping them off into the program every Sunday. And, uh, and we decided it was time to get involved. It's not hard at all to serve, actually. We have um, so much going on, and yet I think every Sunday we look forward to actually coming, and our kids get quite a bit out of it. So The way that it's set up is that it's, it's not hard work. Uh, it's really well organized, uh, and there's a fantastic kind of distribution of responsibilities. You know, right. we, there, there's not a lot of prep and planning. Um, you know, you don't have to study and, and know a whole curriculum. Yeah. Uh, other people get involved, help with that. You step in in your specific area. Right. And maybe for, you know, for us as small group leaders, what is it, you know, maybe 20 minutes at the end that we get to be one-on-one -on -one with our groups. Otherwise, it's all shared and yeah. it's really not Which is work. really fun. Yeah. I mean, it's really nice to have that one-on-one -on -one time with the kids that you mostly see over and over and over again. So um, that's super rewarding. Basically, we walk in and we do a large group. There's lots of worship and um, activities that are being led for us, so we're sitting with our little guys. The MC is kind of front and center. There's worship, there's singing. We help to organize the activity, uh, but we get to kind of sit back and, and warm up to a warm up with the kids. I wasn't expecting um, the, the feeling of being um, equipped, but I am loving it. I mean, in every week, I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job. <laughs> Jenny's kids come into the room, into the large group. They run over, jump on your lap, slap high five. <laughs> Great connection. That's, that's magic. That, that, that's this, all right? That's this. 
Patrick's in corporate litigation. I just want to acknowledge, Patrick, you got moves when you're dancing with those kids, man. That's, that's impressive. I see that. This is the one thing that Jesus said will change the destinies of families, of neighborhoods, of towns, of cities, even entire. That's how you change a nation. That's the one thing. Like the Paulins, you, just, you actually put aside your agenda, all the reasons why your schedule couldn't possibly fit one more thing. Let me tell you something, okay? Just honestly, they wouldn't tell you. But the Paulins represent dozens and dozens of volunteers who they've got kids of their own, but they make time to serve the larger church family. And many of them work, and they have busier schedules than, than yours, but they're driven by this one common mission every single Sunday to build this church for the glory of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. In fact, I was like, you know what? We need to probably make some noise in this room right now because right now dozens of volunteers are in classrooms with your kids. And I was like, could we just take a moment to let every volunteer leader know wherever they are in your building at your campus, right now they're with kids and they're with middle schoolers and they're with high schoolers. Can we just let them know how grateful we are for them? Are you ready? One, two, three. Let's make some noise for our volunteers. You're amazing. Amazing, amazing people. Oh, we don't have a church without you. You are the church. When you pull back the curtain you, at Liquid in every single environment, you will see this one thing. You will see all sorts of diverse people from different backgrounds coming together as one body to make Jesus visible. And let me tell you something. Our volunteers are first-class people. They could be investing themselves in all sorts of things, but they caught the vision for Jesus' church. And if you go on a backstage tour this summer, I bet you will catch it too. See, today I'm not actually going to ask you to sign up to volunteer. You know why? Because I was like, I don't want people to feel pressure or respond to guilt. This isn't about, what does our t-shirt say? Faith is a journey, not a guilt trip. We legitimately mean that. But I want to talk directly to the people who are not currently serving. You may be new. I'm not talking about Linda. I'm not talking about the Pawns. If you're not, if you're currently not serving, don't ignore this. I'm speaking, if you come Sunday after Sunday, what are you waiting for? If you are waiting for a personal invitation, here it is. From me, I want to ask you to take a backstage tour this summer at your campus because we have a place for you. A backstage tour is a brand new thing that we're doing. It's a peek behind the scenes where we pull back the curtain at Liquid so you can take a look at all our serving environments. Because do you ever wonder like where all the lights, the camera, the graphics and video come from? Maybe you want to serve on the media team. We'll show you how it works. We're going to show you the greeting team that Linda works on, the kids where the Pauls are, the roadies. You will get a sense of how the different parts of the body work in our church and make Christ visible every single Sunday. And this backstage tour at each campus, um, here's the deal. It's about an hour long, and most of them take place before or after a Sunday service. So you come to the service, and then you go on the quick tour. At Mountainside, we have added extra tours during the week because you're going to have to wade through some construction stuff to see behind the scenes at our newest campus. But here's what I want you to do right now. All our campuses, would you take this card out of your program? It says backstage tour, all access pass. If you don't have one, would you raise your hand right now? Our ushers are going to come right now if you need a card, all right? Ushers, thank you. All our campuses, if, if someone has their hand up, just hand them a card. And just take a look at this. First off, notice it says no perfect people allowed on the front, <laughs> But on the back, I would like to ask you, if you're not serving, to fill in your name, your email, and tell us which campus you're at. If you're planning to be part of the Mountainside campus, we would like you to sign up for a tour of Mountainside. But I'm just going to give you a construction warning about that. (laughs) You are getting a behind-the-scenes tour. You may have to step over nail guns and brooms at Mountainside, all right? But you're going to be on the ground floor of getting the campus ready for launch this fall. But at Nutley, New Brunswick, we have a special tour assembled for your campus. Just check your campus box. 
And at the end of today's service, just hand this in, and here's what's going to happen. I'm going to send you an email this afternoon with the dates and the times available. Super easy. Low risk. We just want you to come and take a tour and see firsthand what part you might play in serving this body. That's the big idea I want to leave you with today. We need everybody to serve somebody in this body. That's the challenge. One of our core values at Liquid is serving. That's the heartbeat of what it means to follow Jesus. We're servant like Jesus. We put our faith into action. And this is your ticket to the rodeo. Can we say this together? We need everybody to serve somebody in this body. We are recruiting volunteers now for the fall. So I'm asking you to take a backstage tour this summer. And our hope is that you're going to meet people like Patrick and Jenny. Like Angel Leva and Nutley. Angel, Angel's the coolest guy. Angel serves on the Nutley Roadies team. Our Nutley campus actually meets in a school. And every Sunday, Angel and his teammates, they come together and they assemble screens. They assemble the lighting, the sound needed to make church happen. And this happens in the roadie teams at all of our campuses. The roadies are rough riders, by the way. They are like first in, last out. Can we hear it for our roadies, all our campuses? You are an indispensable part of the body indispensable. No role is insignificant in this body. Remember, Paul says, he says, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. There are all sorts of behind-the-scenes roles and responsibilities that are indispensable to our church's mission to help people in New Jersey meet Jesus Christ. You don't even have to serve here on a Sunday, by the way. We have opportunities to serve in our office during the week. That's what Amy Garwood does. She serves um, actually at Nutley on Sundays, but behind the scenes during the week in our office, doing background checks for our kids' volunteers, administrative stuff, so that our coordinators can focus on our, our, our volunteers and our parents. And let me tell you, she is good at it. What you see happen here on Sunday is directly connected to how Amy and our volunteers in the church office invest their time during the week. Right after we moved here, um, we were just looking for a good church and a place to grow um, in Christ, and we found Liquid, so it's been awesome to be here. Um, There's so many great opportunities to serve here at Liquid. I mean, on an average Sunday morning, you know, we definitely get to welcome new families in into Liquid, and that's probably one of the you know primary reasons we have a guest services team is just to make sure that we are the first smiling faces that new people see. And there's nothing like you know seeing people when they first come in and, and they're kind of lost helping them get their kids to um, Liquid Kids and helping them find a seat and get them situated in church and then talking to them again as they leave and just hearing that, you know, they love Liquid and they want to be back and they just felt so welcomed by um, our guest services team. I mean, that just fills you up so much when you know that you made a difference and, and not only did you grow, you know, your church, but possibly God's kingdom as well. If you give, God is so great because he blesses us back and serving is just the best way to feel that every week. Amy is part of an army of volunteers who serve at Liquid during the week, and that's important because you got a program today and somebody folded it. You got a t-shirt and somebody rolled that up, and and we have an army of hands and fingers today that do data entry. We're going to get thousands of these cards today, and you're going to get an email this afternoon. Guess what? Why? Because somebody like Amy, with the gift of organization in a heart, had a few hours during the week, and she said, I'm going to invest it in this body. So we need everybody to serve somebody in this body, to join Amy, 
to lock arms with Angel, to partner with the Paulins. Do not make the mistake of leaving here thinking, I don't really have anything to offer. I don't have the time. I don't, have, I don't know enough of the Bible. I don't, I'm not a, that's the whole point of 1 Corinthians. God put you in this body on purpose to serve a specific purpose. And it may complement what you naturally do during the week, okay? Or it may be something completely different that exercises a part of your brain or your muscles that you don't use at work. I'm guessing, Patrick, you don't dance a lot at work in a boardroom. <laughs> but he does it with fourth grade boys because that's his heart. Either way, the Bible says, I gave you skills and passions that God will use in, in a huge way if you invest them in the local church. So we will work with whatever time that you have available. We'll equip you. We'll train you. And all I'm asking you to do is give us an hour to show you, to explore how God might use what you have. Availability. That's all we're asking for. All our campuses, we're going to read in one big loud voice this final verse, verse 27. Can we read this out loud together? Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Each one of you is a part of it. For better or worse, richer or poorer, we're in this thing together. And when a church gets it right, God gets the glory. Strangers become family, people find purpose. The world sees a witness, and heaven gets more crowded. Remember, oneness is diversity without division, each part doing its part out of care and compassion for each other. And this year at Liquid, we need everybody to serve somebody in this body. Amen? All our campuses, let's bow our heads. I want to pray for each campus, and then your campus pastor will give instructions about how to hand in your backstage tour card. Father, we're grateful to you, and we say yes to your prayer, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that the Father and Son, you are so alike, you're different, but Lord, there's unity within the Trinity. And out of that, you sent Jesus to serve us. And now, Father, you birthed the church, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, would you bring us together to be so unified on mission that your purposes for this church would burn in our heart Lord, I want to thank you. I want to ask that you would anoint and just pour out crazy blessings on our volunteers, God. They are incredible people, Lord. Just pour out your your blessing, Lord. Give them extra capacity. Double their measure, Father, their joy from serving. But Lord, I'm going to pray right now for each man and woman who are handing in a card today. And there's something that's going to happen, God, this year. Because of decisions they're making to invest their gifts in this body, their lives are going to change. And other people are going to come to know Jesus Christ because of it. And so we ask for your anointing and your Holy Spirit, Lord, to just pour out richly on this church. Thank you for all that you've done to it for us, Lord. We're so humbled by you. And we thank you for what you're doing. And we ask that all the glory would go to Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.